Blog Talk Radio. This is not an ad, it's an invitation. Join Minister Rosalind Solomon each week on the new podcast, The Prophetic Mantle Radio Show. She talks about spiritual wellness and other inspirational subjects that will brighten up your day. Hey, and while you're at it, make sure you add her music to your playlist. Inspirational music by Rosalind Solomon and The Prophetic Mantle Radio Show, Food for the Soul. Music and podcast now available on Spotify. Welcome to the Prophetic Mantle Radio Show with your host, Apostle Rosalind Solomon. Every Tuesday, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come learn the mystery of God and be blessed in Jesus' name.
Okay. Good evening to everyone. Welcome to the Fraternity Mentor Radio Show. And welcome to my iHeartRadio listeners and my Spotify listeners and Anchor Radio, Stitch Radio, and the other platforms that will be on and also Speaker Radio. So good evening. Uh, Today is February 6, 2020. Uh, We're already in February, and the first week is already finished, and it's 29 days this year. That comes every four years, I believe. So... So far, February is starting out okay. It's a little better than January. So on January 11th, I was like, bye-bye. Happy to see you. I'll see you go. See you next year. (laughs) All right. So, Father, I thank you for the listeners that's listening on the telephone and listening through the Internet. May you bless them all that are truly of you and the ones that are not. You are welcome to come over. Uh, If there's any type of evil on here, God will strike you with fire in <laughs> Yeshua's name. So today, tonight's teaching, this is part one. I'm going to do part two in uh, two weeks because this show is not every week anymore. It's every other week now. So it will not be next Thursday. It will be the following Thursday, which I believe is the 20th. All right. So this is part two. I mean, excuse me, this is part one, and it's called The Nature and consequences of anger. Oh, also, um, I have, like, a lot of new followers on Facebook and Periscope, so if you are listening, uh, the music you just heard is called Because You Care, and it's by um, I, Rosalind Solomon, and you can get it on at least 150-something different streaming platforms and even in retail stores, uh, but Spotify and Apple is number one. These are Tidal, Google, and stuff like that. <laughs> Okay, and it's also playing on some radio, some, you know, different places, my music. All right, so we give glory to God for that. So now, I'm going to unveil to you another very dangerous kind of possession. Now, we know when people have anger, they they are literally in possession. The angry spirit has them in possession, right? Because uh, wrath comes from God, but not anger. And even God's wrath is his love and his justice and his judgment. So now, it consists of being possessed in the earthly flesh by the devil of anger. Okay? So now, this is the most dangerous of possessions because the devil of anger not only possesses the body of such a person, but also a multitude of evil ministering spirits come with it. Just like I taught you on Periscope, and I and I put it up on Facebook, that fear is like one of the top demons you need not have because demons literally follow the spirit of fear around. So when there is a doorway and fear comes in, all the other demons come right in with it. Anger is the exact same way. Anger comes after fear. So when you when a person gets anger, all these other different spirits walk around with it to get into. So now, um, anger is the most glaring contrast to love. And what I mean by that is you could love somebody one day and then, boom, all of a sudden you could be best friends for years. Or, you know, as a couple, you know, dating, potentially getting married, and or business partners, and you really love each other, and then something will happen that spirit of anger will creep in and destroy all the years and times and things 
that you did together literally destroy it. And you and you are angry with each other and not speaking for years. That's what anger does. So anger is literally the opposite of love because you can love someone for five years and something can happen and you can turn around and, and be so angry at them. You can literally hate them and want nothing to do with them. Like family members, all families go through this. I'm sure many of you listen to me got an auntie, an auntie, an uncle, a cousin, even your mama or your daddy, <laughs> you know, a, a somebody close to you that you was really close to, you really loved them, anger got in the middle of it, and you haven't even talked to them in months or weeks or in, in most, a lot of families, years because of anger. And that's what the enemy uses the spirit of anger for, to destroy relationships, to destroy substance in a person's life. Because if you're angry at somebody and you're going years without speaking to them, um, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have a right to do that, because you do, but at least forgive them. If you're not going to deal with them and speak with them, that's fine, but at least forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them and you still have anger, then that devil called anger and the spirit of unforgiveness has you in bondage. And uh, if you die that way, it wouldn't be good for you. So now, as I said before, anger is the most glaring contrast to love, and it forms the essential main ingredients of Satan, Lucifer, Santana. Now, anger cannot exist without nourishment. That's right. Anger has to be nourished. Anger is like a fire that you have to keep playing with when you're, like, trying to rub two wood sticks together to cook something. That's anger. Now, therefore, it is constantly surrounded by countless nourishing spirits on which the devil of anger sucks and which he consumes. Since love cannot exist without nourishment, neither, because you have to nourish love as well, which is to be loved in return. So anger cannot exist without anger in return. So let us see what kind of riffraff surrounds anger for its successor. Now, hate is the main provider of anger. That's right, hate, followed by haughtiness, followed by selfishness, followed by envy, greed, adultery, fornication, contempt, jealousy, dividing, Jezebel, Ahab, Korah, even the spirit of Samuel, because he was very jealous of David to the point he was angry and wanted to murder him. And, of course, the spirit of murder and attempted murder follows this devil called anger. Now, the greatest of distance for other people, murder and bloodshed, lust for power, and in the end, a complete lack of consciousness. There are Those are the assistance of the devil anger. So when you get angry to the point of no return, you've just lost your consciousness. Because if you had your consciousness, you would not allow yourself to get that angry. So most people who stay angry all the time, very combative, very argumentative, they fly off like the the, 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 the the handle as quick as they are like a hot chili pepper. You know, you take a bite of them, boom, hungers <laughs> explode. That's the person who comes in and out of their conscience. In and out, like they're calm all the time. But the moment you say something that just really gets them, they come out of their conscience. So you got to understand something. When a person gets angry, they are literally out of their conscience. When you and I get angry, we we are. That's God has helped delivered me from from anger, and 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 I be praying every day that He continues to deliver me from anger. Cause I used to be a very mean person when you got on my wrong side. <laughs> Ooh, boy, 
I will put you in prison for a long time, right? So whenever a human being gets angry, they have just lost their consciousness, especially if you take it where you should not take it. When you start arguing and fighting, people shoot and kill each other, stab each other. You know, a man catches his wife cheating. He just he zones out, and the anger comes in, and he loses his consciousness. And you, you hear people all the time when they murder somebody, they say, I don't know why I did it. I got so angry, or the devil made me do it. They're telling the truth because the devil of anger made them do it. So now, each of whom has considerable multitudes of evil subjects, Spirits, which are easily recognizable in the most manifold possession of a human being possessed by anger. Now, this evil spirit is just as difficult to cast out of people's flesh as it is to extinguish fire. Now, that has seized every part of a large house. Now, you, I'm sure I've seen a house on fire, and I'm sure many of you have. And you see it's very difficult to put it out. And even if you do put it out, the house is destroyed or half is destroyed. That's how anger is. Now, in this instance, there is no other remedy but to let it burn to the last beam and then examine the cool ashes to assert whether there's anything left that the fire has not consumed. So when you get angry, <coughs> excuse me, when you get angry, most of the time, like we're going to use married couples, for instance, or people about to get married. When they get angry at each other, have a big argument, a lot of times they break up, they call off the marriage or they call off the engagement or they yell, I want to get a divorce, you know, or I can't take you no more, I'm tired of you, I'm exhausted, whatever, whatever, right? And then when the anger cools down like fire and the ashes of the angel, the ashes of the anger are laying on the ground like fire, right? Then everybody starts to come to their senses. Why? Because they have come back to their conscience. And then they go back <coughs> to each other and they say they're sorry or they don't want a divorce. One second. Thank you. They say they're sorry. They don't want a divorce. They didn't mean what they did. If a man beats his wife, right, this prime example, he has a serious anger devil in him. He also has the spirit. It's a spirit called wife beater. It's a spirit called a husband beater. It's a spirit called abuse. So he has all of these spirits. He also has the spirit of control. He has the spirit of manipulation. He has the spirit of deception. He also has the spirit of fear. Because the average man that gets angry and puts his hand on his wife is because he has fear himself. And most of the time he was abused as a child as well. Or he was bullied. And he got that spirit as a child coming up. So when he beats the wife and he calms himself down and comes back to his conscience, he literally goes back and tells the wife he's sorry. And he really means it. Now, you have women who get, who are out there getting beat constantly, and, you know, and the man always come back and say he's sorry. Then eventually the woman's like, you know what, he's not sorry. Yeah, he really is sorry because his conscience has come back. He has realized what he did was wrong. Although he's using the spirit of manipulation and deception, he still realizes in his conscience what he did was wrong. So this is why he's on his knees begging and asking her to stay. And he literally tells her he won't do it again. And he means it unless he has a cunning, deceptive mindset. And he's just saying that to get her to stay. But most men who abuse women, they really mean they're sorry after they've abused you because their conscience is coming back. I know that's hard to believe, but this is very true. And most people who 
make a person angry and they come back and apologize, it's because it's like fire. The the the, the devil that's in them, the anger devil, has to calm down. It has to, it can't stay on fire constantly. It's like fire. It has to it has to calm down. So the person will come to the come to the conscience and say, Wow, what I did was wrong. Man, have you ever argued with somebody, right? And then you're like, You are good, your husband, your wife, you are good, right? You argue then they calling you the, the B I C T word, slut word, and you're like, Where in the world did that come from? This dude married me. He calling me this You know, that's cause he's out of his conscience. And when he comes back, he's like, Whoa, why did I say that to my wife? Where in the world did that come from? And he comes back and he apologizes to you, but see, you hurt. You hurt. It is hard for you to get over. And those kind of words pierce through, and it's very hard for you to forget them. And see, that's the damage of the devil, the anger devil and the spirits. This is what they want to cause. They want to cause constant rift, frustration, and stress, and strife, murder, split up households, tear up households, burn through a house just like a fire. That's what they want to do. Now, this spirit does not enter with time into a person's flesh, but is placed in it during the act of procreation as a seed of hell. Anger comes in the belly. Anger comes in the womb. People just don't get anger out the blue. Most people in this world, especially in today's world, are born with the spirit of anger and, and, and other spirits that comes with it. And since it determines the progress of the flesh, it must be there. The seed itself does not reach a level of independence unless the newly born human being obtains the opportunity to develop it. Now, just like they tell us everybody has a germ of cancer in them, a cell of cancer in them. Every they say everybody and I and I when I heard that I rebuked that in shoes thing. I was like, God, clean out these cancer cells for me, cause I know I wasn't born with none. I mean, you didn't make me my spirit that way, and you doggone sure didn't make my soul that way before it got in the womb. So clean it out and with the bloody shoe of Jesus. But everybody literally is born with a seed of anger, because we're all born to sin. You know, although the Messiah died for us and shed His blood. That gave us the opportunity, once we are born on this earth and realize, who you know, who we are, that gives us the opportunity to repent and come to him and wash us with the blood of Yeshua. But you still have a choice not to accept the blood and keep on moving the way you move it. So if you don't accept his blood, that seed of anger is going to develop in you. If you accept his blood at a young age and your parents are godly and raised you right, then you could kill the seed of anger. But most people are not raised right in today's world, and most parents aren't, a lot of parents aren't Christians anymore. And if they are Christians, they don't even know whether they're coming or going. And the average Christian doesn't even read the Bible. And and some read it here and there. Most Christians don't even understand the Bible. But yet when you try to teach them something they don't know about, they tell you you're a liar. But then when you go to the Scripture and show them the Scripture, they go, oh, well, you just interpreted that wrong. <laughs> it's come up with all kinds of excuses. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to talk about Kanye West for a minute. The Lord gave me worried about him two years ago. Many of you know that. And he said that Kanye was going to bring a new false movement in religion. It was going to be with the Antichrist. And then you guys know I saw Donald Trump win. I described everything he wore, his wife, his children, everything. And he won, right? And I told you that any, there was an Antichrist uh, spirit that was going to be connected to him. We now know that's Kanye, right? So I also told you that many of these famous people were going to start pretending like they were us. 
Because there's a scripture in the, in the book of Matthew that God told me that was going to begin to come to pass. He told me this two years ago. And it's a scripture about the wheat and the tear. When the man went to his master, he said, Master, um, do you want me to tear the tears out, um, you know, so the wheat could grow? And the master said, no, let them grow together. Because if you tear the tears out, you might destroy the wheat. So let them grow together. And as they grow together and split, you'll be able to tell the wheat from the tears. And you get to tear the tears out. And God told me that's what we're going through right now. So a lot of these famous people are going to pretend like they're of us. They're going to pretend like they love God. They're going to be confessing things, the whole nine yards. The best way to get your enemy is to be like your enemy. The best way to get your enemy is to be like your enemy. And we are in the end times, although we got quite some time to go. The devil has come up with a new strategy. So, I already knew what Kanye West was going to do. Thousands of y'all heard me say this. You know, I'm not saying thousands are listening, but I'm saying thousands have heard me say Periscope, YouTube, and stuff like that when I was on YouTube, and they've heard me on Facebook, right? So, you know, every time a part of the prophecy about him comes to pass, and I put it out there, I get attacked. And so one person today, I think he was a man, he left me a comment under something that I said today about the Kanye West movement. He's like, you know, I get attacked every time I say this. You know, every time I talk about people deceived. I had about four people attack me. So what I do is I block them. Because one thing I don't do is argue the word of God. I don't argue the word of God. Once I tell you something and you don't agree with me, I will just tell you, you know what, that's your right not to agree with me. And I move on and start talking about something else about God. And what I do is I pray for the person. So when I block people on my Facebooks and Periscopes because they want to argue with me over Kanye West or whatever they want to argue with, you know, I have to block them. Why? Because when you start arguing, what happens? The spirit, the devil of anger will come. So that's one thing I promised God that I would never, ever argue over the word of God. I said, God, I will walk away from a person or I will block them before I will argue the word of God. Because when you argue the word of God, it grieves him. You know why? Because it makes you angry. And the devil spirit of anger and all the other spirits will come in with you. So I had to ask God to teach me how to agree and disagree with people without them making me angry and me making them angry, and he has done it. I mean, as many times I preach to people and some of the stuff they believe and some they don't, and I say, well, that's your right not to believe me, but I would, I would ask you to take it to God in prayer, and it's okay. And then I start preaching about something else, you know, but if it gets to the point where they're just, um, like, just being hard about it, then I tell them, God bless you and walk away. Because anger is always lurking to get in you. So now, soon the spirit of anger takes the whole soul captive and draws, you know the soul is a sheet. I taught you that because the Holy Spirit is watching over that. And for those of you who are new, I have a book called The The Secret Truth of the Holy Spirit, on Barnes and Nobles. If you put my name in the Apostle Rosalind Solomon, that book should come up. And you will learn the truth about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a he, nor is the Holy Spirit a ghost. The Holy Spirit is the counterpart that sits next to the throne of God, which is his wife. God told me five years ago, this woman from Germany came to me, and she told me God wanted me to reveal to you who the Holy Spirit is. I didn't believe her. We're in prayer. 
I heard the Holy Spirit come and talk to me. I've seen the Holy Spirit twice. I broke down in tears. It was amazing. And God had me write this book two years ago. And many people have gone against me, but when they get the book, they come back and apologize. Because it's scriptural. It's scriptures all in the Bible and in the book of Ezra, the book of Solomon's books, and that proves who she is. So for those of you who don't believe me, don't try and shoot the messenger. Go look for the book, The Secret Truth. Secret truth, uh, the secret truth of the Holy Spirit. Uh, put in the Apostle Ross of Solomon Barnes and Nobles because it's not on Amazon, and you will see it, and it will change your life. Okay, so now the she is the soul is the she because the Ruach is the one. The Holy Spirit is the one that created our soul. I taught you God. The, our soul is a spirit man, whether you're a woman or not. I used to say spirit woman, spirit man, but God corrected me. Whether you're a woman or a man, you are a spirit man. Why? Because God creates your spirit, right? The soul is a she because the Ruach, Holy Spirit, created the soul. She is the gatekeeper of the soul, okay? So when I say she soul, you know I'm talking about the she soul. So now, now, uh, where did I leap off that? Okay, so once the spirit of anger has seized these, oh, wait, I skipped all the way down. Wait a minute. I don't know how I got that far down. One second. How did I get that far down there? Okay. All right. So now soon the the spirit of anger takes the whole soul captive and draws her, the soul, into his spear, through which a human being becomes a real devil in a very short time. Most people who have anger issues and anger problems in God's eye is a devil because the devil of anger has took them over. Now, for many, it is not necessary that this cardinal devil fully obtain his own independence and that the evil uh, evaporation of his specific spread through the whole body. It begins in the blood, guys. Um, There was this guy that was following me, and come to find out he was a little loose in the head, and I prayed for him. He couldn't have his way with me. He wanted my attention. He wanted me to call him all the way to the U.K. and talk to him. You know, he kept sending me these illicit dreams, and I had to tell him to stop sending me his dreams. I really didn't need to see that. You know, make a long story short, he got mad. He wrote it on uh, Facebook, so I had to block him. He said, you, he said, you make my blood boil. I said, Daddy, nobody has never said this to me. I said, this man, something wrong with him. I said, he got the spirit of anger. That's exactly what I said. So when you hear people say, you make my blood boil when they get mad, they're telling you the truth. Because these devil anger spirits make the blood boil because that's where they work through the blood. That's why people have strokes and heart attacks when they get angry and mad because the spirit is in their blood. Okay, now which flares up easily when it approaches uh, a station or situation. Now through the blood it enters into the nerves, through these into the nerve spirit, which is your spirit, and through the nerve spirit into the soul. Now when the nerve spirit has penetrated the soul, then that person is already half a devil. And it is not advisable to associate with such human beings. Now, if you know somebody that stays angry all the time, they just mean, rotten to the core, just angry. That is somebody you don't want to be with because in the book of Proverbs it tells you that. Why? 
because you wind up catching that spirit because that spirit of anger transfers quick, quick. So when somebody gets angry, you need to run. Don't even try and argue with them. Don't even try and get your point across because when they're angry, they zoned out. They have no conscience. They're not going to hear you nor understand you anyway. So you need to flee and just let them calm down. And when their conscience come back, then you can maybe talk some sense to them. And, you know, some people, you got to give them a couple of days, a week or a month to calm down because that's how, how serious it is. Now, such people are easily recognizable because they flare up at the moment's notice on minor things that touches them in the very least, and they are immediately ready to curse and fight. And that's another thing. You know, people, many Christians curse, and I don't understand why. Because why do you think they call the profanity words curse? Because when you curse, I told my kids this, and they watching their mouths now. I said, it doesn't make no sense for you to have to curse. Because when you curse, you're cursing yourself. This is why it's called curse, C-U-R-S-E. When you curse at someone, you're not just spitting curses at them. You're spitting them on yourself because it's coming out of your mouth because your mouth is defiled. It's not what goes in the mouth but what comes out. So when you curse, you curse yourself with the spirit of curse and profanity and the spirit of anger because you have to have the spirit of anger to use such profanity because those words, when I hear people curse, it just hurts my ear. Now, when I was in the world, only time I cursed was when I got mad, but it was bad. But now when I hear people curse, it's like a sharp pain to my ear. And I have to turn around and tell them, you know what, you you, you have to curse like that. You know, that's a bad spirit. And you know when you do that, you're cursing yourself. They're like, really? I'm like, why do you think it's called curse? They was like, you know what? <laughs> okay, so you keep on cursing. Every time you say a curse word, you are cursing yourself. You are literally burying yourself in Shoel. So when you're around a person that want to curse like that and fight, you better learn from them because you're going to wind up picking up that spirit because God says come from among them. Be like-minded around ones who are like you. Now, they may be compared to a red-hot iron that by itself seems to be perfectly quiet, but throw the lightest of, of uh, 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 throw a little, um, what do you call that, gas oil in there <laughs> upon them, and immediately smoke and flame emerges. You know, do, do have you ever been around a person, you got to walk on eggshells because the least little thing you say is going to flare them up. That is a person you need not be in a relationship, you need not be married to, you need not be dealing with because these people that have the spirit of anger can become murderers, and many people have become murderers because of the spirit of anger. Now, for children that are so inclined, all of this may be avoided through a proper upbringing. Now, the greatest evil in bringing up children is pampering them. The child realizes soon how he or she can be very naughty without being punished. Then he or she will attempt and dare constantly to become more and more disobedient. If the parents then punish such a child very little or not at all, the child has already reached a certain solitary and anger. Soon he or she becomes impotuous and demanding and literally command that he or she be given what he asked for. If the fulfillment of the child's desire is denied, he becomes infuriated, impudent, and presumptuous. 
So a lot of these children today have this spirit of anger. You have teenagers, man. You can't even talk to them without them blacking out on you. You got teenagers killing their parents, killing each other, bullying each other. Why? Because the parents did not stomp out that seed of anger as they were coming up. They didn't raise them in God. They gave them everything they want. They spoiled them rotten, and I did that to my children. You know, you spoil them rotten. Every time they throw a tantrum, instead of you spanking that butt or putting them on punishment, you give them a toy. You give them their way because you don't want to hear them crying. No, you spank that butt. You put them on punishment. You know, my, uh, my aunt used to tell me that all the time. You know, why you spoil them kids? Why don't you beat them? I'm like, I want people, <laughs> but you know, I wish I did, you know, because they had, they was my kids was son to, you know, they started coming to the Lord, and I'm sure a lot of your kids was like that. So, let me tell you something. Toys are the devil to children. You got to get this second commandment, or it's the first commandment: Thou shalt not have any idols. Right? When you give children toys, they become idols to these children. Children will fall out and cry, have a fit, get sick. Some of them try to have a stroke because they can't have a certain toy or stuffed animal or a certain game. These things are of the devil to distract the child from learning about God and from being at peace within themselves. If your child is constantly playing with toys and with games, how can they ever learn to be at peace with God and be at peace with themselves? How can they even be at peace with you and adhere to you when you stuffing toys and games down their throat constantly instead of sitting there reading the word with them or reading it with them or teaching them about God? You're stuffing them with toys and games. So when you do this, the kid gets the spirit of anger. Because what happens is when you take the toys from them and they're not ready to stop playing with the toys, what happens? They start crying, having tantrums, falling down on the floor, acting like a fool, like somebody killing them. That's the spirit of anger. And if you don't nip it in the butt right then, they're going to grow up with the spirit of anger. They're going to have drug problems. They could be bullies. They could be murderers, robbers, just disrespectful, rebellion children, having sex before they're supposed to, shacking up, getting boyfriend and girlfriends before, because before you know it, they're cussing and doing all kinds of things because you didn't nip that anger. Now, if the fulfillment of this child's desire, like I said, is denied, they become infuriated. Now, should the parents be intimidated by that child and give in to the impetuous demands of the child, then the child has already reached the first degree of the devilish independence. So thereupon, the adolescent child begins to poise as a brutal Lord giver. How many parents out there, the children is ruling the dog on parents? How many parents out there live with kids, they scare their own kids? Why is this? Because they didn't nip that anger when it was supposed to. You got children in jail right now in detention for murder, robbery. They in games, all kinds of stuff because the parents didn't grow up in God in the first place. If they did grow up in God, they didn't raise the kids right in God because if you did, the child wouldn't have the spirit of anger. And you can't say, oh, anger runs in my family. It probably does run in your bloodline, but who put it there? God didn't put it there. It had to start somewhere. It has a root. It has to seed from somewhere, and, and, you know, we all are born with it. But if you don't ignite it, it cannot rule. Now, therefore, the adolescent child becomes two points as a brutal lawgiver to his parents or her parents, 
all this point, it would it would not be very beneficial if the parents did not yield to the desires of the ill-bred child. Now, when such a child gets older, taller, and stronger, the life of many such parents would not be safe. If elements did not restrain the cardinal devil of such children, only elements cast out this cardinal devil to a degree, certain degree, especially during the time when he takes control of the blood. See, this is very important. You have to catch this. The devil wants to take control, not the anger devil wants your soul and your blood. Because the anger rules through the blood. This is why people get sick, heart attacks, stroke, all kinds of stuff because of anger. Because it's in the blood. Uh, you, A person could, could get a disease, uh, a heat rash. They could get rubia, they could get malaria, they could get um, smallpox, they could get measles and other elements. Now, there are some children in the world, like there are some some diseases as a child I didn't get because I wasn't an angry child. I became angry when I got a little older, like in my 20s. But you notice a lot of these children nowadays are catching these sicknesses because they have the spirit of anger. The spirit of anger is the devil, and it brings all kinds of sickness. Even people who, adults who are angry people, they stay sick all the time. Why? Because they have the devil anger in their bloodline along with these diseases. Anger brings infirmity. Now, the only elements that cast this evil demon out of the blood is 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 uh having a good human nature, a loving nature, knowing about God, letting God's blood flow through your blood to remove those spirits of anger out of your blood. Now, um you have to, you like most people, they assist these angry children by allowing elements to manifest. But once an element is over, it's spiritually and physically beneficial for the parents and the child to assume a sense of responsibility and to rear the child in accordance with the order of God. But if they pamper the child even more after the elements, the circumstances that follow are usually much worse than before. Because when this when when this cardinal devil that is in the child notices that the path through the blood has not been successful, then this devil attacks the nerve system of the child. Once he has seized these, the child becomes extremely sensitive, which the parents usually consider to be an ailing condition. Because of this, they give the child everything he desires in order not to irritate him because of supposedly weak nerves. This is why some children are born with autism, because the parent has the anger seed in them. They grew up angry children. This is why a lot of children are born with different diseases because the parents have the anger in their bloodline already because they were angry people. They were angry people. And then when the child is diagnosed with with certain sicknesses, then the parents decide, okay, we won't discipline him no more. We're just going to give him what he wants or give him what he wants. We're going to make him comfortable, and that's just going to make it worse. It's going to continue to go through the bloodline if there's no deliverance or they're not taught. Now, at this point, um, God has to intervene again and afflict the flesh. Because, okay, and this is another thing the Lord taught me. A lot of these sicknesses that come on these children, he allows it because, you guys, this is going to knock your socks off. <laughs> because he allows some of these sicknesses to come on in children like the flu, 
uh, different type of diseases and sickness, even a bad cold. He would allow to come in these children to get the spirit and anger out the blood. I tell you, no lie. You don't believe me? Go pray and ask God confirm what this woman of God just told you. This is why you see a lot of children get diseases and get sick. They get cancer. Sometimes they live and sometimes they don't because the spirit of anger is in them. And God will use certain diseases, flu and, and, and strange coughs and stuff like that, to get these spirits out of your blood, out of the child. Because if you don't, the child will die from the spirit of anger. That's the honest-to-God truth. Now, God says this helps the body of such a child for a while. It is almost better if such a corrupt body be taken earlier from the soul of such a child, even before the cardinal devil seizes the soul. Parents who have very few children usually pamper them too much, right? And I'm going to tell you, this is what God said. He uh, he said parents, some parents who have very few children pamper them too much. And that is why he takes children. God, this is why three years now I've been giving you prophecies every year. God says, pray for the children. Why do you think he said that? Because he knew he was going to be moving his hand and taking a lot of them off the planet. And he didn't want to. He wanted their souls to be saved. But this is why a lot of children are being taken a whole lot in the past three years. In the past three years, more children have been taken than ever before. And it's not always the devil taking them. I would say 70% of it is God, and the other 30% of it is the uh, is Lucifer because of the uh, legal rights he may have in the bloodline. God is taking a lot of these children because if he don't take them, they're going to grow up angry children, and they're going to grow up part products of Satan's school, and they're going to grow up products of hell, and they're going to wind up in hell. And he doesn't want that. Okay, we know many of you follow me. I've proven to you, you have prayed to God, he's proven it, that we are reincarnated beings, right? I even have a book I'm finishing about it, right? So you, a lot of my new followers, you're like, reincarnation, okay? I'm writing a book about it so I can explain it better, right? But many people who follow me have prayed to God, and he has confirmed it to them, and so much. Some people even see past lives that they've done and all kinds of stuff, right? And then if you read other some of the canon scripture books, you will learn, like, like the Secret True Life book of the Bible, 1, 2, and 3, and 4, which I published on Barnes & Nobles, and then the book, the, the Secret True Life book 1 is on Amazon, but 1, 2, 3, and 4 is on Barnes & Nobles. Like I said, put my name in the box of Rosa Solomon, and they'll come up. And those books will explain to you about reincarnation, incarnation, disembodied spirits, what happens to you when you leave. It's like the Third Testament, and it was hidden from us. It came out in the 1800 centuries, you know. So uh, those of you who want to look that up, you know, yeah, I know about the Scripture, James. Man, it's appointed to live one life. You're absolutely right, because when you die in this life, you go back to God, you get reeducated, you know, once you go through Shoel, you get reeducated, and then uh, Yeshua will reeducate you himself, or the angels will reeducate you, and you will be sent back here again to live another life. So man is only appointed one life at a time, okay? So now, now, so God is the one taking a lot of these children, okay? And the reason is this, because he rather take them and let them live 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, wind up in Shoel and have to come back again. He'd rather take them now, re-educate them, and bring them right back because we're in end times now. God don't have time to see somebody through Shoel, okay? And Shoel is, is it, it, what happens to you when you're slated for Shoel, your own spirit is what judges you and your conscience. 
They judge you literally, right? Because it doesn't matter how evil a person is. Their spirit is pure. It's the soul that's wicked. And the reason why the soul can become so wicked, because the soul was put into the mother's womb first, and then the flesh was created, and then three months later, here comes the spirit. This is why they tell you a person's not a human to three months later, because these Illuminati people know the truth, right? So this is why your soul is first, and then there's some flesh between the soul, and then your spirit is behind your belly button, right? So... What happens is you come out the womb, and if your parents aren't godly, you know, or if they are godly but they still ain't, you know, they sinning and whatever, whatever, and there's, you know, many uh, bloodline curses in the family, what happens is the soul, soul becomes a fleshy, firm mass. It literally becomes a fleshy, firm mass. It literally leaves its spiritual components that it was brought in in the first place, okay, and it becomes a firm, fleshy mass. So when that happens, it is completely separated from the spirit. Although it is intertwined with the spirit, they're separated. And the spirit is still still pure because your soul has like 19 chambers. And each chamber has one to four doors in it. And your sexual doors have four doors. They have the most, right? In your soul, castles can be built. Demons can build castles. They can hold your, your you, you can get parts because your soul splits. You can get firm, your fragments split because when you sleep with somebody else, you become one. So they take on your fragments and you take on theirs. This is why husbands and wives start to look alike after so many years. Because they become one. Their souls are merging. But their spirits are not merging. But the souls are merging. But the spirits are operating and working together. Now, so if you are a true godly person, your soul will be a spiritual soul. And then your soul can draw off your soul. Spirit, right? And then your soul becomes strong like your spirit and like cuts itself loose from the flesh enough where it can function as a spiritual soul. Now, when we all die, your soul and your spirit intertwine and become one. That's why it says all spirits come back to God. Your soul intertwines with you. So if you wind up in hellfire, which is Shoel. Your soul and your conscience is going to judge you for that anger and anything else you had. And you're literally going to burn up with fire from within yourself. See, it's not the fire of hell that's going to burn you. It's the fire that God has put in you. You ever heard of um, spontaneous combustion? Some people just just get on fire for no reason. Their body just starts burning up in the inside and it comes out on the outside. That's exactly what happens to a person when they go to hellfire. You literally burn from the inside out. It's not hellfire burning. You see, God says in the Bible, he made hellfire for the fallen ones and he meant that. God don't take his word back, okay? So the fire that burns you is the fire that comes from within you that your spirit sets you on fire. And you burn. And you are in the flesh in hell, but you're in the everlasting flesh. God calls it the solace flesh. This is why you'll burn and come back again. Or they'll chop your arms off and cook it and eat it and come back again. And the reason why Satan and all of them and the demons can eat you and drink your blood is because they're flesh. When God kicked them on the earth, they became part of the earth. This is why Adam and Eve became flesh. Because Satan tricked them into eating the fruit of knowledge from a foreign god, which was Lucifer, Satan. So they took on his image. They went from God's image to Satan's image, which was the flesh. Flesh is not to be played with. 
So you need to be praying every night. Father God, I thank you that my soul is drawn off of my spirit, man, in Yeshua's name, and that my soul is separating just enough from my flesh to be the spiritual soul that it was when you had the angels put me in the box in my belly. Do you know angels put you in your belly? Do you know the angels bring your soul to your mama's womb and then they wait for the flesh to be created and they help God with that? And when that's finished, an angel will escort the spirit to your soul. And when everybody dies, no matter where they go, no matter, because I've seen hellfire and I've seen angels, and it doesn't matter where you say it to go, an angel will meet you. And an angel will slowly bring back to your memory what you did on this earth. So you'll know why you're going to hell or why you're going to heaven. And even in some instances, I ain't even getting that. That's just too much. Daddy told me to hold back, okay? So I'm not even going to say that. But the angels will show you what you did on this earth so you will know why you're going to show well or you will know why you're going to heaven or you will know why even though you're going to heaven, you're going to have to come back because some people make it to heaven and wing in a prayer. Especially if you have karma left on this earth. See, I'm not a new agent. I'm a child of God. If you got good karma on this earth, God will send you back so you can collect it. If you got bad karma on this earth, you got to come back to pay that debt. And see, I wasn't even going to write books about karma reincarnation. I was just going to keep teaching it. But Daddy was like, you have to put it on paper like you did the, for the Ruach. I was like, all right, so I'll do that, right? So, you know, I, I know I'm going left field, but the Holy Spirit led me to say that. Now, um, if the Lord said, the Lord says if he let... Uh, these type of children live in accordance with their body. Their soul would sooner or later become the property of hell. So he'd rather take them early, take them back, re-educate them, and send them back again. Then to let them live 80, 90 years, which is a wasteful year because when they die, they're going to go to show up. Then he has to wait for them to pass through that time and then come back, re- be re-educated and sent back. And see, we're, we're running out of time. And God is telling me to tell you this. I wasn't going to say this. I've known this for like about a week and a half, two weeks. I wasn't going to say it, but he wants me to tell you this. Okay, yes, we're in end days, right? And I'm explaining to you like God did. God says this earth has 300,000 years left. And I said, wow, that's a lot of years. And I was like, but, Daddy, look at all the stuff coming to pass in the Bible. He said, but 300,000 years to me is three weeks. So this is why the time is going so fast. So although we have 300,000 years left on this earth, it could be done in three weeks. God is speeding up the time like it says in the Bible. So there is so much more stuff have to come to pass. This is why I try to get people to go and buy the, the Sefer Bible. It has many of the lost books of the Bible in it, and it has the books of King James in it. And there's a book called uh, Prophet Baruch, I hope I'm saying his name, um, book one and two. And in the book one, it talks about the, the 14 uh, to 21 um, seals. Right, And God told me two years ago we was in seal six. Now he says we're in seal eight. Okay, so in the Bible it doesn't even tell you about it. So God also told me this about the Bible. He said the Bible is his word and the Bible is true. But they have took much out and they have left much out and they have added in. So I believe it's in the book of Zechariah. Don't quote me. But there's a scripture in it that says anyone that takes out of this Bible, I will take out of your life. Anyone that adds in this Bible, I will add to your life. Why do you think he said that? Then in John, I think it's John eleven twenty five. it says that if God put into books everything that happened, it would fill up the whole earth. This is in the Bible. So God is letting us know there's many, 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 many more books and scrolls out here that we will never get our hands on until we make it to heaven. So the Lord says the Bible is his word, but it has been tampered with. Like they've took his stuff out, they've changed things 
around and they've added stuff. All right, but when you when you become spiritually inclined to God, He will show you what is true and what they have added to and what they have taken out. Okay, so you have to pay attention to what God says. He was warning us: if you take out, I'm gonna take out you. You add in, I'm gonna add in you. Why would a God? Why would our God say that? He said it for a reason, because He knew they were gonna do it, right? So there's like 14 to 21 different seals, and we're in seal eight, which is the mystery seal. And I was teaching this. I, I don't. I don't. I think it's still on uh, Periscope. I'm not sure, but I think I have it on CD. Uh, and I was teaching it just two weeks ago about the 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 seals, and everybody was shocked because all of the other seven seals, everything has already happened. And then the Secret True Book Two. God tells us about all these diseases that's coming, and he says you have to be close to me, and you have to teach your family to come to me, and you have to pray for your family so they can be protected. There's prophecies in that secret book, 1, 2, and 3, that has already come to pass. That's in the book. One, and I think in the book 1, it talks about 15 different countries and states, and a lot of those prophecies have come to pass too. And I didn't know... I, I just did these books like two years ago. So a lot of prophecies that's in those books, God had already given me, and I was shocked, you know. So, okay, so let's get back to this. So um, so then um, so then the Lord says that um, he, will take, he, he will take these children, he said, because they will become the property of hell, and that is why the death of the body is better so that the soul remains preserved for heaven. Now, also, some of these children, he don't, Back. Some of them he keep because the child is innocent. A child is innocent, and the reason why he could keep some of the children with him because um, a lot of them have not come into the consciousness of hell and heaven. See, there's no certain age for a child, far as God is concerned, far as being um, eligible for sin or heaven. It's when the child, a child could be five years old and come into the consciousness of hell and heaven, then that makes them accountable. Okay, they could be two years old and come account and come into their conscience in the of heaven and hell. And then if they sin, hey, you know that's why some children in 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 show well, you know. So once a child becomes conscious of heaven and hell, they are no longer innocent. But God will take a lot of these children before they become conscious. Do you know there's children out there eight nine years old and they're not conscious of heaven and hell? They have not even heard. About heaven and hell yet? They haven't. So if they die, they're innocent. A lot of Muslim children go to heaven, whether you believe it or not. Why? Because they were not taught the difference between heaven and hell. They were just taught that Yeshua was a prophet because that's in their uh, their scrolls, you know, their book, the Quran. But they don't know the difference from heaven and hell. So a lot of the Muslim children, a lot of these Indian children, a lot of children who are in these other religions that's not in the Lord, wind up going to heaven because a lot of them are innocent. They are only going by the religions their parents are teaching them, and they have not came into the consciousness of heaven and hell yet. So they wind up going. And a lot of times in these wars overseas and in these Middle East countries, it be God taking them children. It be God letting them children die because they're innocent and they don't have a consciousness of heaven and hell yet. So he'd rather kill the body and take them. And re-educate them, send them back. Or some of them he will keep. This is why Yah said it is better for you to hang something, I forget what it was, around your neck than to hurt one of these little ones. Because heaven is based on children. There's many of them up there. 
that God has taken and decided to keep, and some he will bring back. The Lord said, that is why no one should be surprised that so many children die in their youth in these last days, and often in the cradle. That's another thing. No one has the answer to cradle death. Now you know who does it most of the time. 30% is Satan, the other 70% is God. God is the one taking more people off this planet right now than Satan is. God says he has to move the time up before the very elect is full. Do you know there's some elect on this earth he has taken and he's going to keep? Because he saw down the line they would get full and he would lose their soul to hell. And rather than going through hell and being reeducated and coming back, he'll take them while they're in their righteousness so he can keep them. The strong ones survive. The ones who are left behind, the strong ones he will leave you behind because he knows you're going to make it. And although your life is hard and you've been delivered from anger and so many other spirits and you're being delivered now and it feels like the devil is just setting your booty on fire, that's because God sees you as a survivor. God sees you as the strong one. He needs strong people. And if you are a strong one, he's going to leave you. He's not going to take you home before your time. He's going to leave you, but he's going to assure that you make it back. Because before this all happened, God chose a small remnant. From the beginning of time, if you read the book of Deuteronomy, it tells you this. He chose a small remnant. So if you are one of the ones in his small remnant, you cannot fail God. He won't let you. He'll let you go out in the world and do what you're going to do, but he's going to bring you right back. If he has to put you on your sickbed or your deathbed to, to prevent you from dying, to get you, he will do it. So only the strong survive on this earth. So if you are a weak one and God love you and he don't want you to wind up in Shoel and have to go through that and be reeducated and come back again, he'll snatch your butt so he can keep you. He loves us. He don't want to lose no souls. He don't want to lose no souls. But it can't, okay, all right, the, the Lord is telling me to tell y'all this. Daddy, you just taking me off. Okay, when Daddy talks about the, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, his um, furnace and uh, the book of Revelations where he says the fallen ones are going to be in the furnace, right? God showed me what that furnace really is, and I was shocked. Ooh, Lord. That furnace is, is a furnace of fire, it's true, but it's an everlasting furnace. What happens is the devil and the fallen ones and Lucifer and all of them, they're going to be put in that, that furnace and they're going to be falling, falling, falling. They'll never hit the ground. And the lower they fall, the worse the punishment gets. And I was like, God, you mean to tell me we're going to be chilling up there with you and they're going to be somewhere else in a fallen furnace? He said, absolutely. So... God does not want to destroy souls. It says in the in the Bible, do not fear the one who can destroy your destroy your soul. I mean, kill your soul. Fear the one who can destroy it. God don't want to kill souls, guys. Even the wicked souls will still remain in the furnace for eternity. They will be falling and falling and falling through fire, through this. Through that, and the deeper they fall, the worse their punishment is, and they will never stop falling. God isn't a soul killer. If he kills a soul, it's because he has no other recourse. You have to understand, God created the fallen ones just like he created us. If he chooses not to destroy them, he don't have to. Did he destroy Lucifer and them when they fell? 
Santana helped him. She's Luciferia. This is why you got Luciferians, because she's called Luciferia. I have a book called um, Let Elohim Fix Your Chakras, and that's not New Age, because we all got chakras, guys. See, Satan has hijacked this stuff to make you think it's New Age, well, you won't get yourself delivered. You know, and that's the part. everybody that has that book, man, they went through it after they read that book, including myself. Okay, there's some of you on this line who could attest to that. That is a powerful book. You know, some of the half of the stuff is mine, and then some of the prayers I got from an African man. And those are some powerful prayers. And in that book, it teaches you about Luciferia, and it teaches you about many other goddesses that 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 was once in God's kingdom, but they fell. And it teaches you about other gods because uh, Satan's kingdom has the Queen of the Coast, Queen of Heaven, Queen of India, and so forth. We all know this. Queen Jezebel. We all know this, right? Even Satan has a Holy Spirit. Even Satan has a queen on his throne like God. So if Satan got all these queens and goddesses, where do you think he got the idea from? Satan has copied everything that God has guarded first. The Bible says it was with him first. So you can rest assured if Satan got all these goddesses and all these queens, God got just as many and double that. Satan has women, dark, fallen angels. And I've seen women angels in my vision, and we have women angels. And I'm going to tell you something. The angels are, are different nationalities. They are not all the same. I've seen the Asian angel. I've seen a brown angel. I've seen a white angel. I even seen an angel that looked Indian, okay? Now, although we the earth started out with brown people, how you think the, the Caucasians got here? Because God created Caucasians, but they had their own planet. I know this is out there, but it's the truth. They had their own planet, but they wanted our planet. See, there's many planets out there that have other beings on that look just like us, function like us, and then you have some that look like us but don't function like us, and then you have some that don't even look like us. So there's many other planets with other species in the universe, but the earth is a special earth. God gave us everything. He gave us the minerals, the gold, the silver. He gave us more than any other planet has. So a lot of these beings were jealous of us. So these beings, they call them the corcoroids. That's where you get the name Caucasian from. They, you know, you were able to fly in the universe and, and visit each other on planets. People used to live on Venus. You know, there's people, there's creations living on the moon. That's another teaching, right? So they, you know, came and visit on this planet, and, you know, Satan was in the midst of that, and they made treaties with each other, and they started to procreate. And this is how we get the, the white people and the Indians and the Spanish, because they all come from the brown woman's womb and also mixing in with the cocoroids. This is the honest to God truth. So this is how white people got on this planet. And this is how other nasties came through the corcoroids and the brown people, as God called them. They are the Nubian people. That's who God called them, too. This is where people get planted Nubian from, okay? Now, so now God says that it's why no one should be surprised that so many children die in their youth and often in the cradle because I know best why I take them so early from this world. It is the better that they become, it is better that I take them than to let them become weak spirits of heaven and then strong spirits of hell on earth. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Now, but occasionally because of the world, I, God says, because, occasionally because of the world, it must happen that these spirits uh, of anger grow up 
when the parents sufficiently and vigorously oppose in the time of their austerity. And such children, these children can become useful and diligent human beings in one or another field of endeavor. When, however, their anger is challenged, they may easily become brawlers, rebels, and frequently tormentors of mankind. And that is why when they discover anger, vanity, self-conceit, selfishness, unruliness in their children, it should be close to the heart of the parent to the opposite of these passions. So now, like I said before, there are many children, and we were some of them that had anger really bad. But God saw down the line in our life we were going to come to him and he would be able to use us in whatever endeavor he placed us here to do. But there are many who he sees that will not make it, so he'll take them. He'll take them. You see, God, remember, God is the author of life, not Satan. Satan can't even take a life. And, you know, Lucifer and them can't even take a life unless God said he could take a life. And Satan has to prove why he wants to take that life. And when God looks to the earth, and it could be one person praying for that person, God say, nope, you can't have him. Satan be like, why? Look, there's a glimmer of light praying for him. He walk around with his tail between his butt. Out the court. You're not getting this one. Okay? This is why it's very important you pray for people. We are a brother's keeper. We must pray. I don't care how much you don't like somebody. There's plenty of people I don't care for. I don't say I don't like them anymore. I just say, Daddy, I don't care for them. I say, <laughs> I say I got love in my heart because you create them, and they're my brother. But I don't care for them. I don't want nothing to do with them. But I'll pray for them. I don't have a problem praying for you. You could be the worst thing ever to me, but I won't have nothing to do with you, and you will know that. But I will pray for you because you need help, <laughs> just like we all do. You need help. So this is why prayer is very important. No matter how mad somebody makes you, no matter how much you can't stand them, you still got to pray. You got to pray because God don't see them like you see them. Yeah, he see the nastiness about them, but he sees that pure spirit in them. Because the spirit can never be unpure because God created it. Only reason why the soul can become up here is because it is merged in with the flesh. That's the only reason why. And God knew what he was doing when he chose the soul to be merged with the flesh instead of the spirit. Because the spirit is what counts. The spirit is what's eternal along with the soul emerging in it. The spirit can be without the soul, but the soul can't be without the spirit. But since we have souls, they will become one once we, you know, leave this earth, whoever makes it. I mean, all many make it. Now, um, the Lord says that uh, it might well be that these children might become very diligent and useful human beings because by a resolution and firm upbringing of the child, the evil anger, fire, anger belongs to the element of fire. Did you know that? Anger belongs to the element of fire. Fire has a spirit of its own. Fire is a spirit. Fire can be a good spirit and it can be a bad spirit. Water is a spirit and water could be a good spirit and it could be a bad spirit. <clears throat> if you make water angry, water could take you out. Marine kingdom could use the water to take you out too. That's one of Satan's strongest kingdoms under the water. And then he has one in the forest. He has one in the wilderness. He has the neither world that God talks about in Job. He has the marine kingdom that God talks about in Job. Okay, he has the firmament, part of the firmament, because he is Leviathan. Leviathan is dead. If you read Numbers 10 or 11, it depends on the Bible you have. It tells you that God fed them the monster that was once in the sea, but they changed it to quail. I did my research. Quail did not exist in those days, okay? 
It says, quail came out of the sea. Quail is a form of a bird. Where is the bird going to come out the sea for? God fed them Leviathan and Ruha, which God talks about in Job. And God talks about it in the book of Enoch, where he says he made those two monsters for food. Because he knew the Israelites were going to fall. And obviously he couldn't bring meat from heaven, but he brought manna from heaven. So he had to bring meat from the sea, which was Leviathan. Satan took on the dragon's image. So this is why he's dragging in the firmament. There's no Leviathan. Satan is the actual Leviathan. Like that movie Leviathan that came out, that's Satan. I've seen Satan. He, 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 he was half red. He was a dragon. From his neck up, he was looked like a Caucasian man. He was like one of the most handsomest men you ever want to see, full of hair. But from his shoulders down, he was half black and half red with a tail. He was a dragon. I've seen him. I've seen him. And all this stuff I'm telling you is biblical. Read the Bible, right? So now, um, so often these people become, these. if God allow these children to live, they'll become killers, you know, and they'll be killing other physical bodies, right, devastating elements, you know, all kinds of stuff they will be doing to people, right? So now, above all, it is of great importance for every person who has to develop his own soul, as well as those of his children or her children. That the proper diet be followed through which not only the soul may be saved, but also the physical body of a human being to enable him to reach a very old age. See, God is teaching me because, you know, I'll be praying. I'm like, God, I'm having a hard time losing weight. I've lost some weight, but it's like I get stagnant. And the Lord, you know, I said, God, is it because of my age? Because, you know, say when you get a certain age, your metabolism slow down, and this and that. And he was like, well, I'll give you a way for your metabolism to speed up. And he taught me, if you eat, like, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of nuts, you know, but, you know, peanuts are very not good for you. He said, stay away from the peanuts. But, like, the hazelnuts, the macadamia nuts, the uh, almonds, um, what was the other ones? Not the cashews. I think it was cashews or walnuts. Um, And fruit, not that dry fruit because it's dehydrated. Fruit, um, drink organic orange juice because it doesn't have sugar in it and it has a lot of potassium in it. Um, He also told me that other juice that's real bitter um, is red. I can't think of cranberry juice. But get the organic kind. Um, Sometimes give your body a rest from meat, like a week or two or a couple of days or even if a day, you know, and definitely stay away from pork. And you got to incorporate exercise. See, that's my issue. I've been so busy, I can't incorporate exercise, but I'm going to start trying, right? Um, And these are the things that help your body, your physical body, stay healthy, and you can live long like our ancestors did to like a 100 and something years old. He said, but when you're eating this... um, what they call that food, that Mondstadt food, you know, genetically made food, those little TV dinners you throw in the microwave, no matter if they say healthy choice or not. Um, What else he said? Like too much fried food, too much processed food, too much sugar, too much. I mean, natural sugar is good, but I'm talking about sugar that they have to add in. You know, a lot of these diet bars he told me to leave alone because they weren't good for me. Although they fill me up, they're not good for me. You know, um, much if you could stay away from milk. I mean, because I love ice cream. I like that. I like ice cream. And it was like you you can have some ice cream. You can learn how to make it yourself as well. But milk is not really good for our body because we're the only species that's still drinking milk as adults. 
Everybody's supposed to stop drinking milk when they're a child. If you need vitamin D, take vitamin D uh, vitamins, which I do, and they do wonders for me, you know. So he told me, he didn't say stop the milk, but he said less milk is better. Less milk is better. You know, if you're going to eat shrimp, eat the kind that's raised on the farms, you know, and watch yourself when you're eating those because those are high cholesterol. He said eat a lot of a lot of good fish, you know, and these are the things that's going to help your body and it's going to sharpen your mind, uh, especially your eyes and your hearing. Because our ancestors, although they did eat, you know, certain kind of meats in those days, they basically ate a lot of herbs and vegetables. And that's why they were able to be so healthy and strong. Abraham was like a hundred and some years old when Sarah died, right? And then some time after that, he got another wife that had six kids. I was like, dang, Abraham. <laughs> oh, my God, those different bodies were made. Totally different back then. You know, and that's because they ate natural things. They didn't have all this craziness. See, a lot of these foods that we have now was purposely placed to kill us. Purposely place to kill us. When you go to these foreign countries, all their natural food is so cheap. It is the fast food that's expensive. I, I lived I lived in Germany for three years and I remember the fast food was so expensive. But the grocer was so cheap. America is the only country that the good organic stuff is high as I don't know what, but you can go to Mickey D's and spend five dollars and get a meal for today and tomorrow. Mm. And he told me to warn people to stay away from these everything burgers. He said they are a trick and a deception of the enemy, and you are eating blood. You are eating blood. You are eating blood because they have to put blood in that stuff to make it look real. And it ain't no fake blood. It's real blood. And even if they make fake blood, God told me they still need DNA from real blood to make fake blood. So you all going crazy over this everything burger, you better leave them alone. When you see them in the grocery stores, Mickey D's, wherever they at, you better not eat them. They are a trick from the enemy. Because he said the enemy is trying to get us off of meat and put us strictly on the veggies. Because he knows we need protein. And you can only get protein from the meats that God has deemed us to eat. If everybody's eating just vegetables, you're going to be weak. They, like he has these Satanist group. They're called Satanists. He don't allow them to eat meat. He don't allow them to eat meat. Because I kept asking God for a long time. I was like, why are they trying to put us on this vegan stuff? He said to make you weak. He said because even in your ancestors' days, they ate meat. You know, they ate, you know, they didn't eat all the meat we eat, but they ate meat, and they ate more so fish, more so, you know, you know, fish and herbs and vegetables. So we need some type of protein. You know, I'm not bashing you vegans out there, but God wants us to have some type of protein, and I'm just delivering what he told me. So be careful. So now, um, the Lord said, this, of course, cannot happen when few know that the diet they should keep and don't comply with it. Now, how should a person be taught from birth, and how should he be educated so that when he reaches or she reaches maturity, they are capable of observing the spiritual and physical order of diet? Only thus will will they be able to reach a quiet old age so that, so that by obtaining the old age, he or she will forever secure a true and firm continuous existence for his soul. Like I taught this to you guys two years ago. The very body you have when you, you know, like, I don't know how how many times somebody has been reincarnated. I'm saying (laughs) because we're spirits and we don't have a form. 
we all look alike in the heavens. The Lord told me this. But he knows us all individually, and we know each other individually. But just like Yah, when he died, the image that he died in is how he looked now. He just looked a little different because he's illuminated with light. And whatever image, whatever life you die in, that's the image you'll carry back with you to the heavens. And you'll look way better because you're going to be illuminated with light. You're going to look beautiful. But when we first come, when we come back to be, because I was like, Daddy, that makes so much sense. I said, because if a person passes away and they come back reincarnated looking the same, they ain't going to be good. <laughs> so I was like, that makes sense. That's why he made us formless. But he knows us all. And the Bible says he made us. He formed us. And he knows us. And he knows the hair on our head. So that means we had hair, too. That means we had hair. You know, if you really get into the Bible, you'll start picking up on these mysteries and these codes. And if you get the seether, it's like 99 bucks. You can get it on eBay. It's like sometimes $88. You know, you can put it dot com and get it. And then go to Barnes & Nobles and buy uh, Secret True Life 1, 2, 3, and 4 from me and one from Amazon. Oh, man, your life will change. Your life will change. You will become an illuminated spirit because the more you read the word of God, the more you become like the Messiah. The more spirit. It says in Corinthians 1 or 2, chapter 15, God says the terrestrial works in the flesh, the celestial works in the spirit. So the more you read the word of God and the more closer you come to God, the more celestial you become. The less you spend with God, the less words you read, you become terrestrial, which is the flesh, which is of the enemy. You'll start coming into all kinds of knowledge. You'll hear God, whether you're a prophet or not. Now, this, of course, cannot happen like I told you without a good diet. Now, how should a person be taught from birth, and how should he or she be educated so that when he or she reaches maturity, he or she is capable of observing this spiritual and physical order of diet? Only thus will be able to reach a quite good old age. Now, when it is obvious in the cradle that the child is of very sensitive nature and may be easily irritated by all manners of influences, like you could tell if a baby's sensitive, the least little noise they hear, they start crying. And then you got babies, you could be like playing studio music and they could sleep right through it. <laughs> so if you have a baby that wakes up with the least little sound, that's a sensitive baby with a sensitive nature. So you need to start praying over that baby. Now, if you have a baby that if you spoil that baby and that baby cries every time they want something, you're gonna to have to learn how to be strong and not give in to the child all the time. Because if you do, you're helping to create the, the spirit of anger through the bloodline of the baby. Now, uh, let's see. Now, uh, some children may be easily irritated by all manners of foods. Such a child should be nourished only with such good foods, as you know, as I said, so that their blood does not heat up because the spirit of anger heats the blood. Now, uh, but, you know, they need things that gently keep them cool. By not spoiling them is one. By not giving them so many toys is another. You need to sit down with these children, read the word to them, let them hear the word, talk to them, even if they're not at the age where they can, like, talk back, you know, and... Just teaching the goodness of God. You need to get your children not used to playing with toys all the time and playing games all the time because you are helping to make them a student of hell, a student of Satan, and a captive and a soul of hell. 
Look at these wicked toys they got out. The freeze toys. Harry Potter toys. All these little witchcraft toys. You buy these kids these little witchcraft toys, you're in debt. You're in initiating them into witchcraft and you will have to answer to God for that if you don't repent on this earth you know and find out before you leave all these little Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck that's all demonic do you know they got Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck in hell I tell you (laughs) a lot of these toys are images of spirits and and, and, you know that work with Satan I tell you no lie where you think they come from have you ever thought about where Mickey Mouse come from you think it came from a rat or a mouse do a mouse look like Mickey Mouse no do a real duck look like Donald Duck? No. <laughs> really? Come on. They have these things in hell. Barbie is definitely a, 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 a spirit and in, in working in hell. And Ken and whoever else she have. Come on now. These are images of demonic things. Teddy bears. Daddy said those things keep spirits in them. You think they so cuddly and cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ha- have these kind of images, anything that's an image, a demon is going to get into. So if you have dolls, demons are going to get them. This is why dolls are possessed. I've seen stuff like this, right? Okay, you got teddy bears, demon going to get in them. Certain choo-choo trains that have smiles on them, have a face on demons going to get in them. Demons are going to get in them. Games. These demons are all in the games. This is why a lot of these kids come and shoot up schools, shoot up their parents, all kinds of craziness. This is why these children are killing themselves. Because the parents is not raising them in God. So why they're killing themselves. And sometimes God will save a child from killing himself because he has a greater purpose. And some he will let die. He told me this because they'll come back to him. Now. Um, she or he should refrain from such foods and drinks. Daddy told me soda is definitely bad for anybody, but especially children. Because most parents fill their children up with sugar and candy. Those are demons in those kind of things. And that helps to shape them in a way that should not be shut. It also uh, can start obesity, overweight, diabetes. Blood pressure. You got little kids that's on diabetes. Kids got asthma. Some kids are on blood pressure because they're so big for the parents to let them eat to oblivious. You will be. You will have to be judged for these things if you do not repent and stop this on this earth. You are responsible for your children because God gives our children to us as a gift, just as we gave God gave us to our parents. And if our parents didn't take care of us, and we got in a lot of trouble. And they never repent for it, even if you turn out good. But your parents never repent for it. They're going to pay for it. Children should have, like, moderate amounts. Every now and again, the Lord told me, like, meat broth, like a chicken broth, beef broth, the organic kind. It's very good for children to just have a soup sometime with some vegetables in it. Um you can give them meat of an animal that he approves of that's in the Bible. He told me wheat was good. I was like, wait a minute, Daddy. They say wheat is bad. He said, anything that they tell you that's bad for you, that's organic, and that I made is good for you. I was like, wow, I stopped eating wheat meat and wheat rice because they said it was not good for you. He told me rye bread is good for you, and I had stopped eating rye bread, too. And I had stopped eating corn because corn has high calories. He said corn is supposed to be white. (laughs) He said eat white corn and barley and rice cooked in water. I said, 
counselor, I said, yeah. He said, when you started eating that that uh, linguine again, you gained a pound, didn't you? I said, yes. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going back to me some rice. But you get organic rice. When I when I eat white rice, I don't get Uncle Ben's and all that. I get organic rice. It may cost you a little more, but it's better, you know. So these things are good for children. And then God said, provided they be not cooked in whole milk. See, it's the whole milk. He doesn't. He he said less milk. That's what he told me. Definitely don't drink the diet milk, the one percent, two percent. That's not real milk. What they do is right. They take the whole milk and they draw the milk out of it, and it becomes a blue substance. And they know you're not going to drink it that color, so then they put white coloring in it. So you're just basically drinking some remnants of the white milk with coloring in it, and it's not good for you at all. That's why it's so watery. Have you ever noticed skim milk is very watery because it's not really milk? It's just another tactic to deceive you and in killing people with this stuff. Now, when a mother does not breastfeed her child, but when instead, like, okay, you got a lot of people out here, daddy told me this, I ain't noticed. You got a lot of women out here, especially if they got money, and then like African continents and stuff like that, they will have a wet nurse breastfeed their baby. I'm like, Daddy, what? <laughs> and God was like, if you got to breastfeed, no matter who you are, you should breastfeed your child yourself. And the Lord said, when you breastfeed a child, you have to watch what you eat so you won't put gas in the baby. Like cabbage is very gassy. So any collard greens, you know, those uh, turnip greens are very gassy. And when you do that, you're putting gas in the baby, and the gas is going through the bloodstream, and it's not good for the baby. Guys, I, I'm not a doctor. I plead the fifth, right? And the only way I know all this stuff is because God told me, and he had me do research on it. You know what I mean? Um, like one day I'm going to have one room full of my books because i got books and bags and everything, right? And so uh, so these are the things that he told me to tell you. And he was like, meat is fine to eat. If you read Exodus, he tells you what meat you can eat, you know. He said, stop believing that he doesn't want you to eat meat. Stop believing that he wants you to be a vegetarian. He says, yes, you take time off from meat. You rest your body from meat like your ancestors did. But he wants us to eat meat, the kind he approved. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, if you don't believe this is God, then I beg you to get on your knees and pray and confirm this, and, he, and he'll do it. He'll do it. Now, um, the Lord said that it should first be asserted what kind of person she or he is, and she or he will be a good and gentle soul. Then secondly, uh, the Lord said they must keep the same. Oh, I only got two minutes left. I should have made this show uh, two hours. I only made it an hour and 30 minutes. Okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to finish this real quick. Um, okay, so must keep the same diet and have control over his or her emotions and must observe what has been specific for the mother as well. If the mother or the, or, or, or the, if the mother or the wet nurse feeds the child, should be weaned from the breast once the first teeth begin to slow. With the teeth, the memory begins to develop. So when a child gets his first teeth, you got to stop breastfeeding because when the child gets his first teeth, his memory starts to develop. So those of you who are about to have babies and have little babies, when they first get their first teeth, stop breastfeeding, and they start to remember things. This is why they start to emulate you and start picking up stuff that you say. Like, 
You know, they remember you. Like when they at the age of one, one and a half, you really should start teaching them the alphabets and the numbers, even if they don't understand it, because they have a memory. Start talking to them like an adult and stop talking to them like, yeah, I'm no going, yeah, bye, yeah, that. <laughs> Talk to them like you would an adult, because you'll make your child smart. I did this to my kids and I didn't even know it. I read to them in my in, while they were in my womb. I talked to them like adults. You know, all very intelligent children, especially my baby girl. She got skipped in school twice. I even got skipped, and then I got held back. <laughs> all right, so we're going to do part two. I think it's the 20th if I have to schedule it. And then I'm going to start having guests in March. I have a prophetess that's coming on in March. All right, um, please go to Prophetic Mantle. Uh, see the link. is is pinned there. Get your tickets for the conference. Once you get it, I get your information. I send you the link for the hotel. We're going to have three guests, all prophets, plus myself. It's going to be awesome. Giveaways, you name it. You're going to get to eat Saturday. You get free breakfast if you stay in the hotel. But Sunday, you got to pay for your own lunch. Sorry, sister can't, you know, handle both days. But but I will see you on the 20th. And catch me on Periscope, uh, Prophet and Mantle TV show, Facebook, Prophet and Mantle, or Rosalind Solomon. Um, and my radio shows I announced in the beginning. And uh, get that through that seven dot com and prophets Rosal Solomon dot com. Check out Spotify and other places where my music is. I'm also a Christian coach. Um, you can sign up at www.patreon.com dot com. I have to open up the link. It's thirty five dollars a month for group coaching. All right, so I'll see you guys soon and talk to you soon. God bless you. Welcome to the Prophetic Mantle Radio Show with your host, Apostle Rosalind Solomon. Every Tuesday, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come learn the mystery of God and be blessed in Jesus' name.